Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia is going to tell us about sleep in the workplace. Is that right, Patricia? Yes, sleep and work, not necessarily sleep in the workplace. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Don't sleep in the workplace. Not a good look. It's not a good look to sleep yeah. in the workplace. Yeah, maybe. Don't sleep at your desk. I mean, maybe if there's like a pod or something, fine, but not yeah. at your desk. Sleep in a pod, but don't sleep at your desk. <laughs> Rule number one of sleep in the workplace is do not do it. <laughs> Research says bad for business. Um, uh, well, I'm excited to learn more about sleep because I feel like even though I continually study stuff um, and learn about things through our work about sleep, it's always something that I struggle with. So I mm-hmm. am glad for the reminder um, but before we, uh, get into that, just a little bit about how you're doing. So, um, yeah. how's life, how's stuff going, getting ready for the holiday season to kick off. Yeah. Life is good. Holiday season is upon us. Um, this is our last episode before we take a little break for the holidays. So we're going to, um, skip out on episodes for Christmas week and New Year's week. But we'll be back in 2020, and I can't believe that 2020 is basically here. Oh, my gosh. I know. And it sounds, like, cool because 2020 – is that show still on, 2020? Uh, (laughs) I think so. We're clearly good at this. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, because I'm not sure, but my thought is that, like, I used – that show used to come on all the time, like – what like after TGIF or something it was mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. and so I always think of it so now that it's 2020 I'm just going to be like hearing like this is 2020 in my mind all year that's funny I think of 2020 vision so that just shows you where mm. my head goes which is very different no that's um, a good idea so it's like a clear vision of the future 2020 Ooh. I don't know <laughs> no I like that actually the academy of management which is like the other for people listening it's like the other um, organization that some people that are members of Society for Industrial Organizational Psych are members of the Academy Management theme for the conference this year is Vision 2020. Ooh. What should the field look like moving forward? So see, you're on to it. You're on to something. Yeah. And even though I knew that, I still thought of the show 2020. <laughs> I mean, I think that's fair. I feel like it was always on too, like growing up. Yeah. And, I mean, I also don't know if it's still on, but I, th- I want to say it is. I just remember I it was always these, like, dramatic stories. Yeah. That's all I remember about it. Freaking it Barbara dramatic. Walters. Remember? Yeah. Like, that was <laughs> yeah, I amazing. Do. Yes. I would, like, Barbara Walters was, like, all over my childhood. Um, No, that's, uh, yes, Vision 2020 is better. And I have terrible vision, so it's also weird that I didn't think of that because my eyes are, like, <laughs> so bad. Well, it's because um, you don't have 2020 vision, so why would you think true. of that? I've askewed it. My brain can't even <laughs> comprehend the idea of 2020 vision. <laughs> My eyes are so bad. No, they really are very bad. Um, I know. It's sad. Yes. I can't see anything. <laughs> Nittany knows too because Nittany used to play with my contact case. Yes. She loves your contact case. Like <laughs> loves it. Um, Such a joy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's light so it moves around easily so she can tap it and it'll like move. Yes. Anything that she can tap and it moves, that's what she gets excited about. So 
Yes. Contact cases fall into that category. So she loved your contact case. Gosh, yes. I just remember how many times she took that from you. I know. <laughs> <Like> constant. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, it kind of contains things that are necessary for me to live my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. That's so funny. But she's, uh, I mean, lately she hasn't when you've been over here. But I think yes, you've been better true. about hiding it or putting it on the bathroom counter. And she can't get to it as easily. Yeah. I don't think she really goes on the bathroom counter, right? No. Nope. Uncharted so, territory. It is. So your contacts are safe there. Yes. But anyway, You want to hide something from Nittany. That's where you put stuff. <laughs> that's where you put it. That she knows no better. And the top of the fridge. That's the other oh. one. Yeah. But cats can get everywhere. Like, could she get on the top of the fridge if she had a will? She she did when she was younger, um, mm. but we've put a lot of stuff on there, so there's not really a good place for her to jump onto. Gotcha. So if she can't tell where she would land, then she won't do it. Yeah. And then yeah. now she's a little arthritic and her yeah. jo- joints are not so good, so she's not jumping quite as much. Um, yes, so it's definitely sense. a safe spot now. She won't She won't even bother. Okay. Well, I have two places now that I can put my contact lenses. <laughs> <laughs> on top of the fridge, it would be challenging because I can I barely reach, reach that and yeah, you can't reach no that. <laughs> there, on second thought, I, I will not be able to reach the top of the fridge. That's No. Act- I mean, true. I do have a step stool, so we could do that, but I feel like that's unnecessary. Probably people listening don't even know that I'm only like 5'2". Well, I'm only 5'3 and a half, so not that far <laughs> off. <laughs> but it seems the half every is important. Inch- Every inch really does count. Like, I feel like if, if someone tomorrow was like, you're five, two and a half, I would be like, oh, I'm so tall. <laughs> that half an inch is very important to me. It so. is. It is it important. If you start is. arguing over half inches, like, you know, you're not tall. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a sign. Very good point. Very it's good point. just a sign. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're um, gearing up for a lovely holiday season I can't even believe that I'm gonna start buying presents and like all that jazz yeah what about you are you excited everything going well with you I really love like the holiday season and I love like when the trees go up and like the lights and I love like the little downtown in Alexandria is decorated so cute and has like like, little wreaths across the street Mm. and like all that stuff I love that so that makes me very happy to just like see in my life but I hate the cold so like I like to see it for very short periods of time and then I want it to like (laughs) then I want to go inside like so I have a love-hate relationship with the holidays because it does mean that it's cold but on the flip side it's also cute yeah it is very cute over in that area during the holidays yeah Um, it is I love it too we don't get quite as cold so that helps that's true Um, I do love all the decorations though and I love I want it to be like a little bit cold so that's the one thing where well, I don't want it to be as cold as what you deal with. So it's very mm-hmm. different. But yeah. when I say I want it to be a little bit cold, like I want to feel like I have to have a sweater or a jacket. Yeah. Like a light, yeah. Not a coat, a jacket, <laughs> like right. a light jacket. <laughs> Let's and be clear. yes. And, you know, like I just want to feel like I have to wear long sleeves. Yeah. And that, that I sense. can drink a hot chocolate and not get overheated. That is, those are my goals for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> so very serious goals. They um, are. No, I understand that, though. I mean, I feel like, you know, if you're, like, outside and, like, it looks like... I feel like Alexandria looks like you're, like, in, like, a Dickens book or something. Yeah, So I feel like when you feel that way, you're like, oh, like, I want to have, like, a little chill in the air and I want to have, like, a little warm beverage. Brennan's been making me, um, 
well he made it once this weekend but um <laughs> but it was great he we got like this like cider from the mm. farmer's market and he mm. made it with like mold he bought like mulling spices yeah and he made it with mold spices and i was like wow this is very gourmet and i was like really excited about it so like that like walking down the street with like a little coat like with all the lights and stuff i'm like ah, it's so cute i feel like i'm in a little book yeah i do but then like i want that for like an hour and then i'm like this book is too cold (laughs) (laughs) time to go inside drink my hot drink (laughs) while watching the book from inside this book has taken a turn (laughs) it's become my face in this book (laughs) it's become a mystery or some sort of suspense novel and you were hoping for a light rompy (laughs) read yes i just wanted a light (laughs) read and now things are getting bad so um so yes but I, I do like this time of year, as I know you do, too. So I'm mm-hmm. excited. And it's fun. Yeah. So, okay. But in order to rest up for a wonderful holiday season, we yes. all need one very key thing, which is sleep. So sleep. can you tell us about the value of sleep to our lives? Yeah, for sure. Well, let me first tell you about the article, um, what yes. it's called, and then we can talk a little bit about sleep. Yes. Um, we all know sleep is important just from everything we've heard and learned from, you know, the media and wherever you get your information everybody knows sleep matters um but it doesn't just matter for your personal life but it also matters for work which we've talked about before um and we'll definitely link to some of our previous material on sleep but this article is a meta-analysis dun 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 we love meta-analyses yes we do (laughs) they're the best so we can really get a good understanding about sleep at work because this is across multiple studies so The article is called The Relationship Between Sleep and Work, a Meta-Analysis. Simple title. Straightforward. Nice. Good. Yay. Um, Good job. It was published in 2017 in the Journal of Applied Psychology by Litwiller, Snyder, Taylor, and Steele. Nice. Uh, Yeah. So this study, um, I mean, we know what sleep is, right? We know... I mean, generally, like when you try to define sleep, it's actually ends up being really funny. I think like when you (laughs) read people's definitions of sleep. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) realistically, sleep is, you know, the time where you're sleeping at nighttime asleep. (laughs) (laughs) The the way it's described is a state of immobility that consists of greatly diminished physical responsiveness that allows for reorganization of neural activity. So that is just like a very nerdy way of saying that it's when you're asleep and your brain is doing things that are important um that doesn't happen when you're physically awake and active so it's very important for your brain yes and we know across lots of studies and research that it's important for how you think your motor function mental health and physical health so you've probably heard lots of things about that um but then there's organizational sleep research which is this what this study is looking at specifically so how does it impact work um And they talk about two different components of sleep. So there's sleep quality, which is um, what you could think of, right? If it's a good night's sleep, that means you're able to stay asleep. You have fewer awakenings at night. You're able to fall asleep quickly um, and feel rested when you wake up. So bad sleep quality is like those nights where you're tossing and turning. You can't fall asleep or you wake up every hour on the hour for some reason. Um... And you just don't feel very rested once you get out of bed. Yeah. So we know. Those nights stink. Yes. And it's interesting because some people probably have more of those 
nights than other people. So mm-hmm. if that pertains to you, listen up because it's probably important for you to figure that out. Yeah. Sleep quality is, I mean, this whole study, sleep quality is the most important piece. Sleep quantity is also important, but not as important as quality. So sleep quantity is just the amount of time that you're sleeping. Uh, Mm -hmm. Most adults generally need between seven and nine hours. Um, So as long as you're getting those, getting close to those numbers, you're kind of doing well on the sleep quantity side. But if the quality is bad, then you're still not feeling so good. Mm -hmm. Okay. That sounds good. So it's more important. So would they say that if you got a shorter period of sleep, but it was high quality, it's better than a longer period of sleep that's lower quality? So this study didn't look at that specifically because as a meta-analysis, it was kind of looking across all these different studies. And so it just just found that sleep quality generally has stronger relationships with the things I'm going to talk about Hmm, um, than sleep quantity. But both are important. And I think a big... Um, a big PSA here is if you're having a lot of difficulty with sleep quality and quantity, there are some things that, you know, we're going to talk about here that work can impact and things you can try to do to help you, um, address those things with your personal life and your work life. But there are some reasons that sleep can be bad that have nothing to do with your life and you need to go to a doctor. So if you're really struggling with these types of issues, like make sure you also, Consult a physician, get some work done to see maybe you have sleep apnea or some other issues, right? So you want to make sure that, yes, there are things you can do, but if you're having really major persistent issues, it's probably outside of the realm of what we're talking about today and you need to go see a doctor. Yeah, we had somebody that's a um, listener reach out and say that they experienced some more serious kind of sleep related issues. And so, yeah, and that it took them a long time to figure out what it was and it took some research on their part and finding the right doctor and all this kind of stuff. So definitely if you feel like your issue is one that's chronic where you're constantly dealing with a lack of sleep or feeling exhausted or tired, like that may be worth a different conversation with a health professional for sure. Cause that's what happened to that person that reached out to us. Yes, exactly. So we want to make sure that what we're talking about is kind of that more standard type of lack of sleep sleep quality or quantity that is not related to a a physical health problem um you know sleep obviously having bad sleep quality can lead to physical health problems but there are some physical health issues that are creating the problem that you can't sleep right so Mm -hmm. figuring that out getting the bottom of that is really important so just keep that in mind as we're talking about all of this you know if you have a chronic issue we want you to go see a doctor go do that take care of yourself that way Yes, absolutely. So this study was big. Um, it looked at 152 studies. So that's wow. pretty big. That's a lot. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. If you think about some of the other meta-analyses we talk about, we might talk about 40 studies, 70 studies, 152 is on the larger side. So what that means is that these individuals, these researchers took those 152 studies and combined all their data to figure out what do we know about sleep? And work. And how does that all tie into play? So the things that were really interesting that came out were that both sleep quality and quantity were related to things like workload um, and perceived control in the workplace. And then it also resulted in things like depression, fatigue, general just strain and stress, and Mm. work-family conflict. Um, So you can imagine there's a couple things there that 
are things that are controlled at work, right? So workload, perceived control at your job, um, potentially work-family conflict, all those things may have are going to have an impact on your sleep. Mm-hmm. And then your sleep can also be impacted by either you feeling depressed or can actually cause you to feel depressed as well. Mm. Um, and then fatigue is another one. Like sometimes being too tired almost can impact your sleep in a really negative way. Um, so there's a difference that they talked about between sleepiness and fatigue. Okay. So that's interesting. Yeah. So I didn't know about this. I didn't, hadn't thought about this, these two concepts so differently before, but sleepiness, um, sleep quality was related to sleepiness, not quantity. So Mm. sleep quality is related to how sleepy you feel. When you think about sleepiness at work, it's like when you can barely keep your eyes open, um, right? Like you could fall asleep, like right where you are right there and right here and now. Right. So this is, you're falling asleep on the desk or you're, you can't keep your eyes open when you're in a meeting and you're yawning all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Fatigue is caused by demands and tasks and work. So anything where you have a lot of demands on you, that's where you feel fatigue. And fatigue doesn't necessarily mean that you would fall asleep immediately. It's that feeling where you're just like, oh, I just have to sit down. Like, I just need to sit and not do anything. That's that feeling. So those things are different, which is interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. So it's kind of like if I'm just, you know, generally feeling like it's not anything to do with my environment. It's just like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep or I'm not feeling like on my game I'm feeling a little tired that's sleepiness but if it's like I'm feeling like there's a lot of like stressors around me and I'm feeling like weighed down by them that's fatigue mm-hmm. exactly okay gotcha yeah. fatigue is like the feeling when you get home like you know when you get home from work and you could either like oh I have to lay down for a nap and you fall asleep like immediately yeah and yeah. there's the yep. opposite well not the opposite I don't know why I said opposite but there's this other phenomena where you come home and you're not gonna fall asleep on the couch but you just want to veg to like whatever yeah 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 tv yep. show or something yeah yep. so that is that's really what um the difference is between those two okay. and so what you can find is that sleep quality and sleep quantity are related to fatigue so okay. having that fatigue can really impact your sleep um but then sleep quality is related to sleepiness. So if you don't have enough sleep quality, you're going to be sleepy at work, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So then when it comes to actual like, like things I mentioned before in terms of job related findings, you know, we see that sleep quality and sleep quantity are impacted by your workload. They're impacted by how control you feel of your job. Um, and then they're impacted by work-family conflict. Mm-hmm. But um, so those things are really interesting. So if you want to break those down a little bit, right? So if you have a lot of work to do, if you're overworked, it's going to be harder for you to sleep. You're probably yeah. going to have less sleep, right? Because you're working longer hours potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so workload is a big piece there. Perceived control. So if you don't feel like you have control of your job, um, the things that they were talking about is feeling... Like you're, you might be ruminating on things. You'll be thinking about it. Okay. I don't have mm-hmm. control over this. You're stressed out because you can't fix it. You can't change something. You might be kind of focusing on those things a little bit differently than if you were able mm-hmm. to have control over the way your job is done. And yeah. then work, work family conflicts is the other one that I was mentioning, because those ones, if you think about it, if you don't have, 
Um, you might not have good sleep if you're constantly concerned about the issues between your work and your family, or if you have a lot to do at work and a lot to do at home, your hours are going to be crazy. So you're not going to get a lot of sleep. So there's a lot that comes into sleep based on work family conflict. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it seems like there's like two mechanisms, right? Like one is that you're sort of thinking a lot or could be potentially thinking a lot about the stress that you're experiencing at work. So like, I just can't sleep because I feel like I don't have a lot of control or I'm, you know, upset about my workload or I'm like distracted by the fact that I have these like work family conflicts going on. Or it could also be that I just can't get to sleep. I don't have time to sleep because I have too much work or um, I don't have a schedule that allows me to sleep and I don't have control over that. Or um, I have too much stuff going on in my family and in my work. So I just like don't have the capacity to spend time sleeping. Mm hmm. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yep. Both those things are working in play here. Um, okay. But then the other thing that's really important. So, you know, we talked about sleep quality and quantity impacting all of those things. So it's important for individuals and, and organizations to think about both of those. But sleep quality in particular is related to job satisfaction, hmm. turnover. So like mm. one or turnover intention is what they really looked at. And then task performance. So if you have bad sleep quality, you're not happy on the job. Yeah. You're more likely to want to leave your job and you're not performing as well as you could be. Hmm. And is there a reason that they say that that's related to sleep quality as opposed to quantity that attitudes will be more related to how good your sleep is as opposed to how much sleep you're getting? I don't, I don't know. Like there was no real reason that they had mentioned. Um, it just, came out that way when they yeah. there have been studies on both quality and quantity on these areas and quality is the one that came out like af across all these studies really came out to be important and quantity mm -hmm. didn't didn't impact these things so yeah i mean there's the attitude piece right the turnover the job mm -hmm. satisfaction but then the task performance isn't an attitude right it's actually per actual performance and how well people are doing so yeah. you're if you're not having a good sleep quality if you're waking up all the time or whatever that looks like for you then you're not going to feel as good so the attitude piece is there right you're not going to feel as happy on the job you're thinking about leaving your job but you're also just not doing your job as well which makes mm -hmm. sense because now you're in that sleepiness zone right where your right. eyes are closing you're not really able to focus the way you need to because you're sleepy yeah and it may also be that I mean if you think about someone who would have high sleep quantity or higher sleep quantity but lower sleep quality, it may be the case that you fall into like the first category that we talked about before, which is I have the ability to go to sleep, but there are so many things going on that stress me out that I can't fall asleep, which mm -hmm. may be more related to you, like having attitudes towards your job that are negative as opposed because you're like experiencing things that are like keeping you awake as opposed to I don't have time to sleep, which could be really annoying um, and you might not like, but maybe it's less annoying than feeling like, you know, it's not even that I couldn't. It's just that I can't because I can't stop like replaying negative things that are going on or I'm too stressed or whatever the mm -hmm. case may be. So that's obviously not something they tested in the paper, but that would be interesting to look at because, you know, the quality piece may impact the way that you feel on the job from just because you're more sleepy, as you were saying, but it also may be like an indicator of why, you're having a problem. Yeah. I think that's 
probably very true. And it's interesting, though, because sleep quantity wasn't related to sleepiness. So Hmm. if you're quality of sleep is really bad then you feel sleepy but if you only got let's say four hours i'm assuming if it's not again this is hard to tell because it's a meta-analysis i'm assuming Mm -hmm. if you only get four hours for months there might be a problem but if you get four hours one night you actually might not be as sleepy as you would think if that quality was there so if you got good sleep during those four hours so because quality is really overpowering this whole sleepiness feeling i think that comes into play a lot too because if you're constantly sleepy at work there's not you know you can obviously fatigue comes into play for both of them you feel kind of that exhaustion but you're not like physically unable to keep your eyes open right right um so that sleepiness is really related to the quality and so i think that there's something there for sure yeah like like there's something about being sleepy well we know that being sleepy and driving right they always talk about if you're sleepy and driving it's almost worse than being drunk so yeah if that's the case, then obviously you're not going to perform very well. Um, but I do think you're right around the job satisfaction piece and wanting to leave. If your sleep quality is impacted because you're so stressed out about your job, like mm-hmm. obviously you're not going to be happy. If you're constantly thinking about the negative things in your job or, oh my gosh, I couldn't get everything done. I, my checklist is so long and I know I'm going to have more things to do tomorrow and I didn't right. get everything done today. Then yeah, you're just going to spiral and you're not going to sleep well at all. Yeah, and it may also be, which would be interesting to look at, but it may also be like, um, you know, but other people listening might not know this idea of like cognitive dissonance where like if I'm experiencing something and I'm in a particular location or I'm experiencing something in conjunction with something else and they don't go together, I have to find a way to make sense of it. So like if I'm always sleepy at work and I have Mm. to find a way to make sense of that, you also might just be like, well, I probably just think my job is boring. Mm-hmm. even if That's it's something point. else to do with like you know whatever else reason that you're not sleeping if you're constantly like oh man I'm at work and all the time I'm just tired you probably your assumption is like why well, must not be very energized by my work you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. which I think would be also accurate but could be coming from a couple different places yeah no that's a really interesting thought and i you know, honestly, we I'm looking at this meta-analysis. We're talking about this meta-analysis. We probably should dive into some of the more, you know, the individual studies that were in this meta-analysis at some point because they probably get at some of these things that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, the thing to know about meta-analyses is where you're really looking at a couple of things, variables, if you will, um, that you can gather across multiple studies. But if one study is looking at cognitive dissonance and no other study is looking at that, you can't look at it in a meta-analysis. Mm-hmm. So that's something really important for our listeners to know so that, you know, we're sitting here thinking about these different ideas, but there's probably some research that we could maybe follow up, do another episode on sleep um, on some of these ideas and see what's out there. Um, the meta-analysis is just telling us across all these studies where they have similar things that they're measuring, um, what are we seeing? And right. so it's harder to understand why we're seeing some of these things when you're looking at a meta-analysis so I think that's a note for us to find some more articles on that in the future definitely yeah because some of those things I would just be curious like I think it come from a lot of different things like I'm up at night because my job's stressful so then I'm sleepy and that also makes me hate my job more because I realize I wouldn't be sleepy if it wasn't for the fact that I can't sleep because my job keeps me up at night or like (laughs) I'm sleepy for I can't sleep for some other reason but regardless I'm sleepy and now that makes me think that I don't like my job because I'm constantly sleepy every time I'm here um Mm -hmm. so that could be kind of interesting yeah Um, I agree 
So it, was there anything else that they found in the um, study that uh, stood out or any other findings that we should know about? Um, let me see. Just looking at my notes really quick. I think that there's a couple things that were interesting, you know, sleep quality and quantity. They were related to some things that have to do with the individual. So this is just something to know. Like it's related to age. So as you get older, you tend to sleep less well. Hmm. Um, anxiety levels as well. So if you are somebody that suffers with anxiety issues, um, you generally have sleep issues as well. And then um, what's called trait negative affect. So basically being a little bit more of a negative person. If you're just generally mm-hmm. a little bit more negative, more pessimistic, um, then you are going to have harder times with sleep as well. Yeah. And if you're more negative, you're more likely to replay negative events, which mm-hmm. is rumination, which then would keep you up at night. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they all make sense. You know, it just has to do with the person. So it's not necessarily something that you can change easily. Um, But just knowing that, you know, if you have anxiety issues, you know, are kind of generally a little more pessimistic, then you might have more issues with sleep. So maybe you want to start focusing on your sleep um, a little bit more and obviously addressing like if, if you have anxiety problems then you know obviously addressing that with a mental health professional is recommended as well we're sending you to all the doctors in this episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I think that I mean the interesting thing about sleep is that um you know from a scientific perspective we know a little bit about what it does but we don't know everything about why sleep works um and also we don't know everything about you know what causes it it's complicated it can be caused by you know, mental or psychological things. If you're having trouble sleeping, it'd be caused by physical things. If you're having trouble sleeping. So, um, I do think it's complicated, but it's good to have these studies that sort of help to help people to hone in on what could potentially be the problem. And particularly within the workplace, um, understanding as an employer that the quality of sleep that your employees are getting is actually something important from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that leads to my big takeaways. So I have a lot for companies and what they can do. Then I have some for, for employees as well, but I'm going to start with the companies because you kind of went there and I totally agree that companies need to think about this. So the first thing is they really need to monitor workload, which mm-hmm. I think is important regardless for, to make a positive work environment, right? You don't want to overwork your employees. So monitoring workload, we've talked about autonomy like a thousand bajillion times, we know it's important. We know giving people some control in their jobs is really important. So however that looks and not every job is going to be the same, you know, some jobs have a lot more control than others just because of the nature of the job, but trying to give people as much control as you can over their work um, should really help. So companies really need to do those things for multitudes of reasons. And one of them is the sleep reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also, you know, we talked about work family conflict here. So we talked about that concept and those ideas a lot before but if you're thinking about sleep you want to think about how can you help people with work family conflict how can you help them provide them some flexibility so they can manage those issues again workload comes into play here and any other policies to help people with their personal lives and their families and whatever their situation might be can actually help impact sleep yeah yeah I think like a really good takeaway is that you know, there are parts of the job that people bring home with them and um, that if you have things that are happening in the workplace 
I mean, one of the main reasons that people might bring home stressors that they think about is because they have like unresolved things, right? Like unresolved mm-hmm. conflicts or ambiguous interactions or um, they don't feel they can trust a person. So they keep like replaying interactions they have with them or things like that. So I think it's really important to keep in mind that all of these things make an impact, that it's important to um, as much as you can communicate with employees about where they stand and to have honest conversations and make people feel included and um because otherwise people bring that stuff home and then at night when everything quiets down and the only thing you hear is your mind, um, those are the kinds of things that people often focus on. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's really, really important that you're thinking about, I mean, the mission of worker being right. We want people to think about themselves and their employees and their teams holistically. We are people that have lives that have other parts of ourselves that are not just the task that we're doing. So making sure that we're thinking about people that way and thinking about how we can help them not bring this stuff home and have a positive experience so that they get the sleep that they need and the quality that they need so that they come back to work and they're feeling good being at work. They're happy to be there. They're performing well. They're not going to leave. Um, those are all really important. And I know that people think about how can we reduce turnover, right? That's a huge topic. And people, clients always come to us for that reason, right? Like, how do we reduce turnover? That is something that I do all the time. My job is talking about turnover. And sometimes it's just as easy as making sure that people can get the sleep that they need because they're not overworked. Like, right. That's pretty easy. That's a relatively straightforward fix if you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times people think, I mean, it's good that you're bringing this up because I think a lot of times people think that stuff that happens outside of the workplace just isn't anything to do with what happens inside the workplace and that's just not the case right Mm -hmm. um it's got a lot to do with what happens at work um and as we all know from a human perspective like that's 100 percent true that what kind of sleep you get actually impacts the kind of day that you have the next day like we all know that that's true for us but when people get into manager roles or leadership roles they don't want to think about that kind of stuff anymore but they should because Mm -hmm. it is actually important It's very important. The last advice for a company or an organization is actually creating sleep intervention. So this was an interesting idea that I hadn't thought about because I'm like, what does the sleep intervention look like? How could they do that? Um, But there's different types of resources you can provide as an organization. So obviously healthcare, number Mm -hmm. one. Um, We've talked about all the doctors that you should be visiting for your anxiety and your sleep issues and all of that. So if people are having sleep issues, if they can have the resources to go get the help that they need, mm-hmm. um, but also providing like there's apparently different types of therapies and different types of um, classes and things that can be taught around how to help yourself get to sleep faster or get to sleep better. So those types of tips and tricks, whether it's a little training, whether it's like a little handout, like a little worksheet or something um, could be really helpful is, you know, making sure your employees have the information to help them sleep better. So not only mm. are you creating the environment where they feel like, you know, okay and, and they can leave the, or the work and feel good at home and relax and actually fall asleep, but also help them with different tricks and different ways to address it. And, you know, we're not sleep experts, but apparently there's a lot of stuff out there that can help people if they're struggling with sleep and companies can provide that as a benefit. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's really awesome because as companies are getting more involved in trying to figure out like what to offer from a corporate wellness perspective um, and what actually is science based in terms of what to include resources around sleep are definitely things that are science based that 
could be provided to employees to try to help them to better their, you know, wellness and also in turn their work attitudes and their performance. So it might be an area that's frequently overlooked when people are thinking about wellness, but it is important. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. I think there's so many different wellness programs. I know we talked about this all the time, right? That being create, you know, giving people access to a gym is not the answer, the end all be all of Mm -hmm. workplace wellness programs and interventions. And so trying to think about workplace wellness really broadly is important. And we talk about, we talk a lot about how sometimes it's just the simple things and creating a positive work environment and making, you know, people feel safe and secure at, at work um, and included. Like those types of things are not expensive, but they're big, they're shifts in thinking. And the same with the sleep interventions. Like, I don't know what the cost is for some of these, but maybe there's just some free resources, even just some reading about it so that you can provide people and have on your benefits site or whatever that looks like so that people can think about their sleep and you're providing them some information and some resources. It doesn't have to be the biggest, most expensive thing ever. It doesn't have to be a, you know, $200 gym membership for every employee. It can be something like this where people are just feeling cared about and people are being provided some some resources to help them with such an important part of our day where we really get our brains thinking and working and fixing themselves at night um so i think yeah i think companies really need to look into those types of benefits because they shouldn't be as costly as some of the other wellness programs people implement yeah absolutely totally um i think that thinking comprehensively about wellness is really important companies like are really on just the start of a wellness journey. Like this hasn't been something popular for that long. So mm-hmm. I think it's always important to encourage people to think broadly about all the different pieces that impact wellness. And we spend a lot of time sleeping or we should spend a lot of time sleeping. And um, even though scientists don't know exactly what happens when we sleep, that makes it necessary for us to live. Um, it is necessary for us to live. If you don't sleep, you die. Um, <laughs> and if you uh, get bad sleep, it has you know negative impacts on your well-being. So I think that that um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, it's a huge research area. Like we don't know exactly what happens when you sleep, but we're, I feel like I keep seeing new studies coming out from people that are actually looking at brains and understanding their function during sleep. And, um, there, I thought I saw a recent piece about how they did an MRI study and they saw more brain activity when people were asleep than when they were awake. Mm. Um, so it seems like the, the research is heading towards this idea that sleep is huge for your brain. And I think that that's something we've kind of already knew a little bit, but there's more and more evidence to support that sleep is really important for your brain function and the way that it works and creating memories and like those types of things. So, you know, we think of physical health as I want to be fit. I want my heart health to be good and all those types of things. And, you know, obviously we think about memory and brain function, but sleep is one of the biggest things to help us. Like what else are we going to do to really continually improve our brain function? Um, yeah. All those little gimmicky, like do Sudoku every day is those things are not really proven. Right. Um, right, right. So those are fun, but they're not actually helping you. Sleep is what's helping you. So get that yeah. sleep, 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 sleep. Totally. On that note, what can people Let's do? Let's go to sleep. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes, nap time. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) No, but on that, go ahead. What can people do? Yes. What can people do? So we know what companies can do. So people. I mean, obviously focusing on your sleep. So these are types of things that we've talked about before, right? Like sending boundaries, um, trying to disconnect at night so you're not working too late, putting away your screens at night. I think one of our previous episodes was about that, not using your phone too late, um, doing a nighttime decompress compression routine, like some sort of r- routine to help you kind of stop thinking about your day. So whether that's maybe a mindfulness exercise or something where you can kind of disconnect and clear your mind, um, those types of things can be really helpful. So -hmm. for a person, I think it's just doing what you can to make those boundaries and that possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And like we said, like there may be more complicated things going on, but for many people, um, you know, your habits and the way that you uh, approach sleep can make a difference. So uh, mm-hmm. try to think about how you're winding down and if you're winding down um, and uh, approaching your sleep time more seriously and not just kind of like as an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then as a leader or manager, I think modeling that good behavior is important. So not answering emails late at night, um, encouraging your team not to work late at night. You know, if they send an email to you at 2 a.m. being like, hey, like, thanks for responding, but why weren't you asleep? You know, like those like mm-hmm. simple comments, um, even if they're like little jokey quips about it, um, can get people thinking like, hey, well, maybe it's actually okay for me to be asleep instead of responding to this email. So um, modeling that good behavior and encouraging people to focus on sleep is something that a leader can do um, when the organization doesn't necessarily have all the things supporting them. Yeah, that's a great point. I feel like when managers are like, oh, I work X number of hours, I never sleep and, and like... I didn't go to bed last night until this time. And then I'm up again this morning. Like that's not good behavior and it's not helping mm. you. Like if your team feels like that, what you, that's what you need to do to get ahead, then it's not going to help you to grow success in your team because that's not what's going to help your team to be successful. So I think that's an important takeaway that like bragging about how little sleep you got is not actually useful. Yeah, definitely not useful. And it just damages one, your well-being, and then your teams. So don't do that. <laughs> Don't be that yes. manager. Um, but yeah, that's all the takeaways I have from this study. Um, anything else you wanted to add, Katina? No, I think this is awesome. It's a great reminder. And as we're headed into the holiday season and maybe people have a little bit more time off or a little bit more time to get themselves into good routines, maybe think about, you know, approaching your sleep more seriously. Or if you're a manager, think about ways that you can make changes that can promote other folks' sleep and, uh, you know, maybe start to put those practices in place as you might have a little bit more time to yourself to think about how to start getting those good habits cemented. Yeah. Maybe it can be a New Year's resolution to get yourself good sleep. Yep. You can fall asleep before midnight and make your resolution <laughs> before before you go to bed or just sleep in on New Year's Day. Um, yeah. No, but this is awesome. So thank you so much for uh, talking about this. And uh, I hope everyone learned a lot. I have benefited from the reminder. So perfect. Well, great. Well, thank you for listening. couple of announcements. So just want to re- remind everybody again that we're going to have a two-week break for the holidays. So catch up on old episodes and we will be back on January 9th. And we've talked about this before. Um, We have our retreat coming up in April. And we also have a meetup in L.A. on January 26th. 
So sign up for our email list if you want to learn more about our events coming up. Um, we'll provide a link in the show notes. And we hope to see you at some of the events. Yeah, definitely sign up. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Thank you.